You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Yes, so we are today going to stand on the shoulders of last week. We're not going to wait to warm up, but we're going to jump straight in. Last week, Pastor Lee preached a message on refreshing your faith. And I think we felt it today, haven't we? We felt a refreshing in faith. We felt a refreshing in what people have brought to church with them today. We're not going to wait till February to be warmed up, but we're going to start now. We're going to go after the things of God right now. And now this is our refreshed series, and we are preaching off this verse. So you guys have got your notebooks that we have kindly given to you. Hopefully you've brought them back this week from last week, but if not, it's okay. There is a fresh one underneath your seats for you. Pop your name in it. Take it with you. Use it to journal this message for the rest of this week. Don't just let God speak on Sunday, but journey it throughout your week. And our key scripture for this series is Luke 5, verses 37 to 38. I'm going to read it out for you. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into old wine skins. And this series, Refreshed, is all about preparing ourselves for the new wine that God is going to pour into our lives this year. We, as the body of Christ, if our bodies being a temple of God, need to prepare ourselves like jars. So as God and the Holy Spirit pour out new wine into our lives, that we are able to hold on to it and that it won't burst out, leaving a horrible mess. But we need to prepare ourselves for the filling of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at different areas that we can refresh as we start 2024. Last week was refresh your faith, which is the most important one in my opinion, because all of the others come out of that. If we don't refresh our faith, I don't think we can refresh anything else, because all things flow from our relationship with God. It says that guard our hearts because all things flow from it. So refresh your faith, refresh your heart, refresh your relationship with God. And these are the things that we're going to explore that will flow out of it. So the fruit of a refreshed faith looks like a refreshed perspective on your finances, on the way you steward things. We're going to be looking at um, our friendships. We're going to refresh our friendships out of the perspective of refreshing our faith. We're going to be looking at family, and we're also going to be looking at fitness. Today, we are concentrating on two of those areas. We've got a task ahead of us with 20 minutes on the clock. And we're the first area that we're going to be looking at is refreshing your fitness. Say it with me. Say, refresh your fitness. And I know what you're thinking. You're looking at me. You're looking at this very unchiseled body. You're looking at the Mackies that I have every Friday night with the young people. And you're saying, 
how are you going to talk to me about fitness? Surely it should be Matt up here talking to us about fitness. Well, don't worry, my GCSE is not going to be flagged out, my GCSE PE and, and put to use here. We're going to be talking about healthy living because we know that fitness is a result of your lifestyle. And as a pastor, as a Christian, I can talk about building a healthy lifestyle, whereas I might not be able to tell you to talk and talk to you about what the gym looks like. I hear there's machines. I hear sometimes there's swimming pools. Sometimes there's a sauna. I know which of those things I'd be using, the sauna, not the machines, in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, we're going to be talking about refreshing your fitness through a refreshed, healthy lifestyle through your living and God has given me and Abby a word for this year is health and as we were praying about this as we were looking at it we looked at the word health and we looked at that as a definition and we've said how what does health look like in the areas of our lives and we did a little bit of research and we found out that there are four pillars to our health Eating well, sleeping well, relaxing well, amen, and moving well. I sit very well in the relaxing well. I think I need to do some work in the other ones. But we as Christians have a responsibility to cultivate a healthy living lifestyle and build into these four pillars great habits. It says in Corinthians, um, it says that, it says this, it says, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? This is where the responsibility comes in. Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God wants to do a new thing this year. God wants to move in you and through you. God wants to use your mind, your spirit, your soul, and your bodies to do great things for him. We have a responsibility as Christians to honor God by honoring our bodies, by maintaining our bodies so that we can honor God. God has chosen to dwell in your body. The Holy Spirit has chosen you to dwell in. So that's where we get in the responsibility to honor God by cultivating a healthy lifestyle and looking after the temple that God has put his spirit in. You see, when Jesus died, it was the veil torn. And I was prepping this and I had this beautiful image of when the veil was torn and the Holy Spirit on Pentecost rested on the disciples' heads. You see, what happened was the Spirit of God left the building, meaning that we no longer have a responsibility to maintain buildings and to maintain, have a, re a religious maintenance on a building. But instead, His Spirit came to dwell in our bodies, meaning that we all have a responsibility to maintain our bodies, to have a healthy lifestyle, cultivating fitness and honoring God by honoring our bodies. This, this is the temple of the Lord right here. We need to look after it, honor God by honoring your bodies. And I really believe that there's a revelation moment for everyone as we taught this morning and as I, I preach this morning. I want, I want to share what, what God was putting on my heart for you in this, and that is that God wants you to have a revelation of your worth. It says in that verse that you were brought at a price. 
that your body is not your own, but the Holy Spirit is chosen to dwell in you. And what happens when we have a revelation is that this revelation of the price that was paid for us is going to force us and push us into living with a conviction of your value. You see, God wants you to know your worth so you can live out of a conviction of your value. God paid a price for you and for his Holy Spirit to dwell in the way that it dwells today. In the Old Testament, it was in buildings and there was one voice, a prophet, that was able to speak to a nation. Right now in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit is in us all when we invite him in. God wants you to know the price that he paid for you so that you can live out of a conviction of your value. Honor God by honoring your bodies. Health, healthy lifestyles result in a level of fitness. If you want to learn a little bit more about how you can add habits to your life, how you can move from where you are maybe today into a healthier lifestyle, into um, gaining a level of fitness. I've got two great books for you that you can go away and that you can read and you can explore in your own time. The first book is Atomic Habits. You can find these books anywhere. And the second one is Seven Habits of a Highly Successful Person. And what I want to do is really quickly, I want everyone just to stand to your feet and I just want to pray for you really quickly. I just want to seal this word that we've spoken on fitness, on lifestyle, on habits. And I just want to pray that you will have that revelation for yourself. That you will have a revelation of your worth so that you can live out a conviction of your value. So I just want you to maybe to put your hands out in front of you like you're about to receive something from the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to take a moment to pray. God, I just pray and believe right now that, that you will drop a, a seed of revelation in the hearts of this church, God, of every single person, Lord. God, I pray that our lives will look like the, our lives will be lived out of the conviction of the price that you pay for us, God. God, I pray that we will have that revelation to honor our bodies, God, that we will honor you through the way that we live, God. God, I pray for every single person that, that is, if that seems like a mountain to climb, Lord, that they will, they will have the strength to just make the next decision, God, that you will show them the next step that they need to take in honoring you with their bodies. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Everyone say with me, say, refresh friendships. You guys can take a seat. Say it again, say, refresh your friendships. Going into this year, I want to talk about refreshing our friendships. Don't worry, that doesn't mean cancel all of your friends. That doesn't mean leave all of your friends of 2023 in the dust and behind and refresh by making some new ones. You see, I want to talk to you about refreshing what you bring to your friendships. I want to talk to you about what you can do and what we can all action in our lives to bring something fresh to the relationships that God has given us in church, outside of church, in your families, in your workspaces. And we're going to bring something new with us from the Spirit of God into our friendships this year. Amen? Amen. And when we look at our friendships, we can... We can almost measure our friendships by the amount of ourselves that we're re really willing to show. You know, like you've got like the real Josh that like Abby sees. 
the one that she didn't see until she married me. <laughs> and now she does see. Pray for her. Um, but we have like the real us, the, 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 the raw version. And then we have the version that we like show on a Sunday in that 10 minutes of chit-chat at the end of church. Or we have those friends that we might like to go for a coffee for. So we, we show them like a little bit more, maybe 25% more of the raw version of ourselves. And then we've got those like real friends where they'll come and stay at our houses. We'll have dinner. We'll say all of the things that we say whilst we're doing that. And, you know, we have stages to our friendships, but the measure of our friendships are really based off what we will reveal to someone about ourselves. The stages of friendships that we have is like the chit-chat phase, like phase one. This is what we all have when we finish church and we're all in the foyer. It's like, hey, it's great to see you. We have a quick catch-up and that's about, that's about it. And then you meet someone in the foyer and you're like, actually, I really like this person. I'm going to go for a coffee with them. So then you move to the next phase And that's like the hangout stage. And that's where you actually like spending time with each other. That's where you intentionally put yourselves around the people that you were in the chit-chat stage with. And then we have like the goal, which is the invite round stage of friendship, which is like next level. I remember the first time Jordan and Charlotte invited me around to theirs. I was like, yes, I have hit the ultimate with the bunting deers, let's go. I am one of them, let's, let's have this. But I want you to know, church, that as your worth as a Christian, that God wants you to experience the value of community and friendship. God wants you, that is part of your worth, that is part of what he paid the price for, so that we can all live in community, in friendships, and live our lives daily with each other, encouraging, pushing each other on, lifting each other's hands when they are falling down and we're feeling a little bit low. God wants us all to be in community and in friendships. The great place that to start and to really look at the, the, the model of what friendship looks like is to look at Acts 2, is to look at the early church, to look at where it, where it all started for us as Christians. And this verse is going to come up on the screen, so write it in your books, and it's Acts 2, 42, verses 42 to 47. And we're going to have a little look at this, and then I've got three really quick things that I've pulled out of this text that shows us what friendship really is. So actually, let's read it together. It says, They devoted, them being the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs by the, performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. I think that's talking about a unity, not, not everything in common. Talking about they were, they were united, they were, had something in common with each other. They sold their property, their possessions to give to anyone who needed it. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is it. This is the image that God wants for his church in community, 
in friendship. God wants us to exist in strong community, daily together, glad hearts, no one in need, people being added daily, those being saved. And as I looked at this this passage, the first thing that I pulled out of this is that friendship is vulnerable. Friendship has to be vulnerable. It says, verse 45, they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone in need. To give needs a measure of vulnerability. To receive or to tell someone that you are in need requires a large measure of vulnerability. You see, I've learned this over the last year through having four or five big blocks of 2023 where I had to be vulnerable. I had to be vulnerable with my relationship with Jesus, had to be vulnerable in my marriage, and had to be vulnerable with my friends. And I learned that vulnerability in the flesh feels like weakness. It feels like weakness. It makes you feel small. It can make you feel small in your flesh. But Paul says, in weakness, I am strong. You see, what happens is God takes the things in our flesh that make us feel weak, and he makes us strong in our spirits. Vulnerability might feel weak in your flesh, but it makes your spirit strong. Let me encourage you with that today, that what makes you feel weak in your flesh makes you strong in your spirit. Let God in. Be vulnerable in your relationship with God. Be vulnerable with your friends. Be vulnerable with your spouses. Be vulnerable in your families, because God will make you strong. God will make you strong. Refresh your relationships with vulnerability. Over the last year, when I had those four or five times that caused me to really be vulnerable first with Jesus, then with Abby, and then with my friends, every single time I came out the other side and I felt stronger. I went in feeling weak. I came out feeling strong. Just like the early church and how they sold their possessions to help everyone in need. In our vulnerability, if it's asking someone to help or support you, you will see the strength of this community. You will see the strength of your friendships and your friendships will get deeper. Be vulnerable with Jesus. Be vulnerable with your friends. Be vulnerable with your families. Refresh your friendships with vulnerability. The second thing that I took from this passage is that friendship is sharing. It says that they broke bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. Here we see the early church sharing their homes, sharing their food, sharing joy, sharing praise, and sharing favor. Refresh your friendships by sharing something with somebody. Imagine how great it would be if we all lived in friendships that were refreshed, all built on sharing. Sharing food, sharing home, sharing joy, sharing praise, and sharing the favor of God together. How great would it be? If we lived in those kinds of relationships where we were encouraged, we, were, we would open up our homes, we would let people in for the joy of laughter. This is the model of friendship. Be vulnerable. Open your home. Cook an extra portion. 
Invite someone around, learn some jokes like Julie does for when we're sat around the table to tell for laughter and for some joy. Praise with your friends in church, sit with your friends, praise together at home, pray together, share the word of God with each other, praise God and enjoy the favour of God together. Imagine what those friendships would look like, the depth if we were able to be vulnerable and to share something with someone. And I wonder if we can do that this year, if we can refresh our friendships by sharing something with someone, by opening up our homes, by cooking some extra portions and inviting some people from work around for dinner and having the table conversations, moving through those stages from chit-chat to hanging out to inviting around. Refresh your friendships by sharing something with someone. And the last thing that I pulled out of this was that friendship is for everybody. It says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to encourage you that friendship is for everyone, that everyone is part of their worth, of of what God paid the price for you, deserves life-giving friendships. I want to speak to people in the room right now that maybe have always struggled with feeling like there's a lack of friendship or a lack of community around you. I want to speak to you right now and prophesy something new in your life. I want to prophesy that in the wilderness or the the drought of friendships that God is creating a stream, a living water, that God is going to do something in your hearts and present new opportunities to go into new phases of friendship with people around you. There are people in this church, outside of this church, like you, that want to be with you, encourage you, but most of all that there's a friendship with Jesus for everyone. I want to encourage you that this year to refresh your friendships, to be vulnerable, to open up your house, your heart, to share with people, and to live in that conviction that friendship is for everybody. Church, let's look at each other with the eyes that God looks at us with. Let's look at everyone with an A star, with the value that Jesus puts on our lives. Let's not be a people that leaves things out to cliques or to groups, but let's be someone that invites people in. You see, where God is, there is unity. It says it in this verse that they had things in common. You see, people will often say to me, Josh, you go to such a big church. How can a church across so many campuses, so many locations be so happy? Can there be so much connection? And it's not because we all have... 20 things that we all connect over. It's because we have the most important thing that unites us all. And that is our friendship with Jesus. So let everything flow out of your relationship with Jesus. Let your vulnerability flow out of the vulnerability that you have with God. Let your sharing flow out of what you share with the Holy Spirit. And let the unity that God wants to bring through you come from your unity with the Holy Spirit. Friendship is vulnerable. Friendship is for sharing. And friendship is for everyone. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 